0: Welcome to the produce industry podcast your weekly download on current events trends market reports and community discussions join us each week from Tampa Florida as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry ladies and gentlemen here's your host Patrick Kelly welcome back to the produce industry podcast everyone I'm your host Patrick Kelly as always I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa Florida. Today, we have a very special guest on the line, all the way from London, Jeff Hudson Searle, who is the author of Purposeful Discussions, as well as a serial business advisor and a C-suite executive. Now, Jeff is leading the charge in reopening after COVID-19 and returning to work. So we're gonna hear from Jeff, and he is gonna give five top tips on how and what to do when returning to work so let's get jeff online today hey jeff welcome to the show today patrick is awesome to be here um you know I'm, I'm really
1: looking forward to this conversation and uh i know we've probably got a lot to talk about
0: oh for sure well we know we have a lot to talk about you and i had linked up on linkedin through a mutual colleague of ours now right will caban we who, who linked us up right And uh, yeah, he's great. He's great. Great energy.
1: Great guy. A lot of experience. And you know, I I love I love listening to some of his discussions.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and that's kind of where we are today. It's kind of how we start our relationship. We're in the midst of talking about other conversations, uh, being on some other podcasts. But when we first started talking, I got your book, Purposeful Discussions. You mailed it to me all the way from London, England. I greatly appreciate that. I have it on my desk because I'm actually reading it. It's not on a bookshelf. It's on my desk because I'm actually reading it. It's got my business card in there uh, that's got it marked. But I was telling you earlier, I love the Purposeful Discussions and what you're doing with that. And I thought it'd be great to have you on the Produce Industry Podcast to talk about Purposeful Discussions. But really talk about five tips that could help the produce industry as they transition out of COVID or post COVID or first uh, lockdown, right? As I say, because there could be another one, but five tips to help them get back into the workplace, Jeff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's a really good point. I think we've got to be talking post COVID. We've got to be talking about reset. We've got to be talking about Getting back, I mean, look, this is a one-in-a-lifetime pandemic. I think for a lot of people, and a lot of people haven't really seen anything or the the level of magnitude that this has really turned into, right? I mean, look, you know, it's 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 an imperative for governments, organisations to take action, right? And and they need help and they need support, and I think that this whole era is changing. Literally, the way we think, the way we design, the way we communicate, the way we build, and I think how we run experiences. So absolutely. so I think this period is not only fascinating but interesting as much as some of the things that I've got this saying with my one of my business partners in the. US and, and we talk about this a lot, right? Strategy you must I don't know if you agree with this statement, but strategy really hasn't changed since the Roman days, right? I mean, you've probably heard that. Right. But it's just got a little bit more complex and it's got a lot more speed attached to it. So if you think about that and you think about some of the things that we all take for granted, but we have to start now thinking and about the way we used to look at things like listening as an example. Right. So I believe personally that we're in a listening era right now. Right. And, and because if you're not listening effectively to your people that are working remotely or working in definitely difficult or complex social distancing scenarios or environments, then how are you actually going to have a level of understanding? How are you going to have empathy around their circumstances? So therefore, listening and empathy brought together becomes commun- the, the ability to communicate. Okay, and that's where EQ comes in. I mean, the World Economic Forum didn't lie uh, last year when they stood up and said, if you want to have a job in the next ten years, you've got to specialize on leadership, and you've got to specialize on a larger level of EQ within the business. So if we take that, and then we look at execution, and then we look at what the Japanese taught us around things like kaizen, right, which is continuous improvement. We start to look at a cycle that says listening, empathy, okay, learning. I mean, that, that's, a, again, another, another huge one. And then, and then communication, and then executing, and then refining what we do, and then executing again. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, are uh, my friend, but that's, to me, so, uh, certainly a premise for the five top tips that I'd like to talk about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and everything you're saying sounds like, you know, music to my ears, right? It's like, you know, some of the things that you're talking about is what, you know, I talk about within my strategy and how I communicate effectively with people, right? And I was even talking about that off mic. That is when I started reading your book, your first part of purposeful discussions talks about communication. Like, I mean, the first thing every one of us needs when we talk to anybody is communication. And you were saying off the mic as well, listening. It's a listening error, and you're gonna get a little bit more into that. But it is so true, and I do agree with it, and I think it's very valuable for our produce and supply chain industry to get some of these tips too, because COVID hit our supply chain industry very differently. Some of our producers are doing very well, some of them are not. Some businesses are being started off the whim and making tons and tons of money. So I think these tips are going to be very valuable uh, for a lot of our listeners. And I think that also, one, they need, we need to focus more, like you said, on listening and communication. I agree. And I think this is a, a very wide subject. So I think when I, when
1: I narrow down to the focus part, which you, you, you sort of uh, touched on, I think my five top tips, I think, are, are going to be really important to the produce industry. Uh, um, I think, and it doesn't really matter. Whether you're a small micro business, um, whether you're a medium-sized business or you're a very large business, I think all these tips are very relevant and they're incredibly important for day-to-day leadership. Um, So let's start with that. Let's start with number one, okay? So let's talk about that. Now, look, we've all talked about listening and we talked about empathy, but, you know, the whole premise around trust and purpose, right, is having confidence in the people you work with, having confidence with your partners, having confidence that you you know that if you give a set of instructions, that that will be executed. So my number one is without shadow of a doubt, we've got to build a bigger and better element of trust around everything we do. My trust report, which you may or may not have seen, I commissioned back in January of this year was very very clear that out of the 2100 people that I commissioned on that report and went out to 69% came back and said they don't trust their line manager they don't trust their ceo now that is a huge percentage that's why my number one tip is we have to embellish Um, The cost of confidence with the people that we have, whether that's in business, whether that's at home or whether it's in government, there has to be a bigger
0: level of trust. I agree. I I 100 percent agree. And one thing that I talk about in my book, Millennial Boom, is people walk a fine line of confidence and arrogance, but it's okay to be confident. So you got to understand that in business and life. Be a little bit confident. Be a little bit bold. You'll you'll be able to move a little bit, I would say, not quicker, but at your desired rate. I agree. And look, behavior is changing at scale.
1: I mean, look, COVID-19 has just changed the whole experience that we all are having around employees, customers, citizens, and being a human being. So, I mean, trust. I think is at the very core of what we do. So therefore, I think more and more people are going to want to see that, that are, are they engaged? How are you engaging them into the process, okay? And I think that that's gonna be on everybody's checklist. And I don't think there's any way that if you haven't got trust as a part of your strategic DNA, that you're gonna be able to move forward in the next century. so that leads me on i think to my number 2 and you know we've been talking about how we can operate more effectively in what i call the virtual century or the virtual world uh, or effectively our online presence so for me the number 2 is when we start to look at psychological behavior and the behavior of others and if we were flawed previously in areas such as leadership, don't, get, don't, don't mistake yourself that in this era, post COVID-19, we're gonna have a bigger set of issues that we've got to address if you don't have trust, if you don't listen, if you don't have empathy, and if you don't task your people accordingly and in the right way. So for me, the virtual century has to be a really important era and I think that winners will be those who test and explore all of these associated creative possibilities. Uh, sorry, possibilities. So we're talking about innovation, yeah? We're talking about how we can group and work more effectively together. One thing COVID has uh, demonstrated is its ability to move fast where there is a connection. So in other words, I was on a call today where we had 31 partners on the call, all interacting, all working together, and all working to an incredibly strict and short deadline. So I think that it's going to be very important that you have that empowerment in everything you do, whether it's whether it's supply chain management, whether it's logistics, you know, whether it's retail, whether it's you know airlines, you know, it's got to be that connection that I talk about. Is incredibly important and the tooling, the collaboration tools, and the relationships that you have with your partners is going to what is going to sustain you through this period. And I believe this period is not going to be a three month, four month period. I think you could be looking anything up to 24 months.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that we can't plan short term. I think that a lot of plans post COVID were short term. And then after you know, or since this has hit, people are looking at more long-term plans and long-term sustainability, um, because of this. So I I definitely agree with tip number two for sure. And I think the produce industry, uh, can as well, like you're saying though, these tips can go across the board. I mean, whether you're in produce, whether you're in supply chain, um, whether you're an artist, whether you sell carpet, you're in construction. I I think these tips are very relevant, um, for the entire world, Jeff.
1: I agree 100%. And I think, you know, I think limitless cross borders when you start talking about some of these tips. So, which leads me on to my number three. So look, I think health and well-being is really important. And I think that in order for you to sustain the level of focus and the level of attention to detail in everything you do, that number three has got to be that every business has got to be in the health, business because you're as you're only going to be as good as and healthy as well as your employees uh, are going to be engaged and and you know if you're looking at you know long periods of time morning noon and night and you're pushing your employees for bigger and better results then it's very important that as far as health is concerned you you know they're, they're, they have a good state of mind. Um, everyone needs to be doing a lot more exercise. You know, we've got to be, you've got to build a kind of a, like a health ecosystem for mind, body, and soul. I mean, it's going to be very important that everyone has good mental health. And, you know, if you're suffering with fatigue and obesity, mental health, and, and all those good things, this is not going to help you because this is a grueling period. Uh, and, and what we're going to see in this new area is the speed. Of what we're dealing with is going to become faster and it's going to become stronger and all of the people that you have or maybe this is a period where you need to reset and evaluate your people that are in this period that maybe they're not the re right the right people going forward maybe when you reset your strategy that the health and well-being of a new kind of person is required in order to take the business forward but certainly Health for me and wellness um, is going to be an incredibly important thing. And I think we're all going to change our behaviors when it comes to sort of um, our behavioral habits when it comes to health. We're certainly going to be looking at eating more organic, more healthier lifestyles. I think it's probably going to be less alcohol and I think it's going to be more sort of uh, raw-pressed juices and and to keep us. You know, mentally uh, awake and also to keep us firing and to enable us to have more energy applied to what we're doing.
0: Yeah, health and family is a big one. I talk about that and we talked about that in the, uh, one of our other talks is, you know, marriage and family is huge, health and wellness is huge. Uh, Because it's a balance. I mean, back in the days, as I always say, the the boomers didn't have a work-life balance, right? It was all about work, right? And I think that plays a huge toll with COVID today because working out of our homes like jeff i've always worked out of my home even when i worked for corporate they still allowed me to work out of my house so yeah. it's very interesting because i've always worked out of my home so yes do i get yelled at sometimes on when to turn it off yes but that's the funny thing my passion goes along with my work so i could be sitting there and watching tv and see something with onions and text my buddy that does onions and say, Hey, I've got a great idea. And it's just because that's my passion. Right. And to me, it's like, I don't think about it as work. I just think about it as another fun and engaging uh, activity to do. Right. Do I get paid for some of this stuff? Of course I do. Of course I do. Uh, But I think that it's huge. I think that we have to learn when to stop. Um, We have to learn when to have that family support. Like I always tell everyone, if my wife wasn't working and did the things, as she does with all the kids, um, my entrepreneurship level would probably be a little bit different than what it is today. So 100% agree. And I think that we could all take something away from health, fitness, and marriage and family. I agree 100% with you, Patrick, um, which which kind of leads very nicely into my
1: number four. I mean, I'm probably going to show my age now. But back in the 90s, back in the mid 90s digital equipment corporation which or deck as you probably understood it there came out with a really great interesting statement they they came out for the first time with this new message does a home office business okay and and this was back in the 90s so nothing new right i mean people have worked from home i've i've traveled uh, immensely around my in my life around the world Um, if, whether it's a hotel room, I've got to finish a presentation on or a strategic document at two o'clock in the morning, whether it's working from home and, uh, and working through the night, whether it's in an office, uh, routine where, where we're locked down, trying to do a merger and acquisitional deal. Um, you know, it, the work has to be done. Um, we're not talking about activity here. Uh, we're talking about productivity. There is a difference. Working hard doesn't necessarily mean that you're productive. It just means that you're working. So I think it's very clear that this era as well is going to have a big wake-up call in terms of, you know, um, uh, tasking, uh, execution, strategy to execution. And I think that on my number four, um, I I use the analogy, uh, isolation, okay, has a grand um, cocooning, all right? We're cocooned uh, when you think about it. And what we need to do, we need to be, Additionally, here, we need to be a lot more creative. Um, There's there's definitely a lot more meaningfulness that's going to come, as you said, with support from working from home. And and some of that uh, carries a price premium. You don't have that commute of three hours a day. There's not going to be the stress of having a car accident. Um, you're going to be a lot more productive. The speed in which you're going to be able to operate is going to be faster. So I think it's really important that uh, we create more time at home, which has meaning and it has re- relevance rather than just working on a treadmill um, on the next train, on, on the next highway, um, you know, talking to three people at the same time, trying to email and text while you're going to the next meeting, trying to wrap up things and, and actually focus, uh, have been cocooned as I use it uh, at and, uh, and a home location means a lot more meaning, but it can mean a lot more focus. And if you're driving performance,
0: it means you're going to be able to drive a lot faster and an awful lot better. Yep, you're right. You are a hundred percent right. I love that. I love that analogy too. I thought about that when I used to work for corporate and and I loved working for corporate, just so you know, Jeff, it was a great time for me. Um, But just didn't work out right. As I always say, things that don't work out always lead you to your future success. So, um, But I always thought about that because we had a room or it was a technology sector and they would have treadmills with computers on it. So you were able to do your work while working out at work, right? <laughs> Look at that, you're able to do your <laughs> right. work while working out at work, right? So, but, it, but it did, it reminded me of that. And I don't think that's healthy either though. I don't think just getting on a treadmill and still doing your work is healthy. Do I believe, yes, getting out of the office and going for a walk and maybe throwing in the earbuds and putting on a podcast or listening to something that's not in that work environment? Yeah, just like myself. I mean, when I try to de-stress from being at the house, I go and take the dog for a walk, right? I don't go to another area in the house and grab another computer or walk the dog around the the house while listening to something. Am I right? I mean, so I think that that's something you made me think of that because I'm sitting there going, it's kind of like a hamster wheel. They got you. You're still working. You're still working. You know what I mean? I had that analogy,
1: Patrick, that, you know, London is basically – Eight million hamsters on a on a hamster's wheel running around but no one's connecting
0: <laughs>
1: no one no one's connected at all no one's connected at all right they're just running around on a hamster wheel and that, that that what you just said connected with me straight away amazing okay, folks, so my tip number five, so my tip number five is 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 the whole basis of what your life journey should really be about and what your entrepreneurial business journey should be about or your corporate journey should be about we're talking right now about number five number five is purpose it's the reinvention of authority okay so some organizations have now started believe it or not to uh, look at how or when they could hire a chief purpose officer to manage this piece we've talked about trust we've talked about confidence we've talked about listening we've talked about empathy we've talked about wellness health and safety for about word. we've talked about remote working we've talked about the meaningfulness of being cocooned or locked down during this period but it's all going to have purpose and it's all going to have meaning right so you've got to define what your purpose is and it isn't just a buzzword that you can just put on an internet website and hope that people are going to understand it this is a living breathing document this is why you get up in the morning that's why you do those long days because it's not just about profit to succeed it's actually about real relevance in your life it's about defining you know, your purpose. It's about adjusting success measures to help and support others on that journey. It's about caring. It's about empathy. It's about understanding. And it's about building trust. And I think this is without a shadow of doubt, unless you have what we said earlier about EQ and and emotional intelligence, leadership, trust, a lot of moving parts. But you're not going to get there unless you engage in a purpose-led, driven leadership strategy.
0: You're right. You're right. And there's more that all of us can do um, with these tips. We could all learn from them. Trust, accountability, communication, purposeful discussions, right? and, And that's something that I do want to point out is because think about it like this. If you're in the COVID zoom era as I call it everybody's zooming right now like Jeff and I talked about zooming earlier and we were like no we're just going to do an audio record but everybody's in this zoom stage and I believe that it is for really participation not productivity Jeff I think that a lot of them started off as it being productivity and now it's just this uh, it's not even about it it's about participation where's everybody at how are they doing because some businesses And there was a billionaire that wrote a a blog, uh, Will Kavan posted on his LinkedIn page uh, about human to human interaction and getting back to work and that people are starting to get lazy being at home. And that this billionaire said that once work gets back to being at work and being back to that structure, uh, then people are going to be able to start doing better. They're going to be able to work better, work harder, work smarter. And I, and I disagree with that, Jeff, because if I disagree oh, with you, I,
1: I'm, I disagree with what you just said. I can with you on this. Yeah, because look, you know, we crazy. got told that Goldman Sachs is going to open on Monday. Right. In London. Right. But that doesn't mean it's going to change the productivity. People still have to they're tasked with commercial objectives that they still got to deliver. And whether you're in that home office or business, you still got to execute.
0: Exactly. And that's what Richard Florida had a great book, The Rise of the Creative Class. And I love Richard Florida. I, I started reading Richard Florida in 2012. Um, but it was like, if you are able to embrace your employees outside of work, and embrace what they're doing, you know, if they're a MMA fighter, if they're a a golfer, right, if they're an artist, and if you embrace that, instead of trying to control where they go out of work, you're going to get a lot more creative endeavors coming back into the workplace, knowing that your boss or your work life support your personal life.
1: I got involved in a project about 10 years ago okay now don't laugh it was with the bank of england right you think the bank of england you you can't teach these guys about value sets and 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 you know increasing productivity from alignment of your mission and vision and actually developing this internally well we did right and i'm telling you now as a direct result of the work that we did around the, the strategic dna of the brand the mission and the values, we fine-tuned, we changed a few things and we started to educate that, right? And, and they started to pick up and learn it. These people weren't leaving their desks at five o'clock in the evening. They were there to finish the projects until they were finished. We saw an increase in engagement into productivity, an emotional um, engagement, which we'd never seen before. And this had a
0: direct correlation to the increase of the bottom line. Wow. And it's all about productivity. That's about productivity too. Now you believe a hundred percent that it was either them being there together or their own creativeness and working in the team. Like what do you believe the aspect of why it worked so well?
1: I think the reason why it worked very well is because they started to understand there's not a generic formula for 200 people. There's a generic formula for Patrick and there's a generic formula for Jeff, separately and individually. And it's about empathy, it's about listening, it's about understanding. An appraisal isn't a document that the boss says, fill it out and I'll sign it. It's about a two-way exchange of information, right? What you're looking at expectations, looking about aspirations, looking at what you want to achieve, look at what's gone well, look at what's gone bad, look at it in a constructive manner and actually put you on a path of learning, discovery. And this is what makes people committed and passionate and wanting more. Okay, wanting more. And I've got to say that purpose fulfills that. It's not a box ticking exercise. It's a living, breathing strategy that needs to be embedded within the organization that makes this great. I love going to organizations or being around passionate CEOs that have got inspiration, that have got aspiration, that are there listening to the people, right? Not dictatorial and telling people what they've got to do, listening to their people and delivering to their people. And supporting their people, you know, this is also going to be a big era, uh, Patrick, for learning, upskilling, education, without a shadow of a doubt. Online, on, online learning has just gone through the roof. Just gone through the roof. I bought some shares, some stock uh, last week on an American Nasdaq firm. Again, stock's gone through the roof. You know, because. This is what people want to do now. They want to, if they're going to embrace more, you know, training went out the window several years ago. It's Take it from me. It's back. It's back with a vengeance. Well, people want to learn. People want to expand. People want to grow. People want, this is a way of getting your people engaged. It's a knowledge sharing. Everybody wants to knowledge share. Your podcast shows are all about knowledge share.
0: Correct. And I think that that's good because you know what, if I was to go back uh, to my you know, Jesus, go back 15 years. And as I was working with my, my parents in the uh, produce industry, it was interesting to me because their training was, you know, you watched eight VHS tapes and they were like, Hey, you know, you have to watch these, you have to do this. And we have to, by law, show you these. And I was always upset by that. Because as I was going in, like I, when I was a kid, I got my forklift driver's license. I was trained in the field. I was trained in the packing house. I mean, I was trained all the way around. I kind of went through like a management training, right? Because I pushed for it. Um, I was always asking, Hey, can I go do this? Can I learn this? Hey, we're slow in the office. Can I go learn how to get a, 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 you know, a forklift driver's license, but there was no absolute training to take an employee through these levels. And I believe in the produce and supply chain industry. That is a very big, a berry, right? Look, I'm talking berries now. I can't even say very, it's a very big problem. <laughs> we're talking produce. So it's a very, very, big problem. <laughs> <We're> talking berry. <laughs> we're talking all things berries, but I think it's a very big problem because you know, when I worked, went to work for corporate. Um, I think that corporate, as a, depending on who they are, have a way of looking at things and how they train, and did a very good job in training all aspects of the business. Um, but there are a lot of companies that are owned independently that try to keep a lot of these functions right or these pieces of the pie hidden, and they don't want to show you these things or train you from the ground up. It's more of the I built this the way I well, did, and we want you to learn about your your you know I think you're right I think you're right I
1: think a lot of them don 't want to do it, and I think it's you know you 're dealing with the COVID, when certainly smaller business you 're dealing with micro managers and you 're dealing with people that've always done it a certain way they 're not going to change and uh, they also don't want smart people around them telling them what to do uh, or giving them new ideas. Uh, so you're kind of restricted. But I don't think they're going to have a choice now. I think these flaws, this, this change that we've got now in the post-COVID era is going to change a lot. And one of the things that's going to change is going to identify certain things like micromanagement, like um, co-founder disease, and, and allow people to, to genuinely take knowledge learn and grow and also to be fair they'll be measured as well on their success from the additional learning this is a learning era this is this is upskilling this is learning and then you know what it's about time this this whole era is really fascinating it's challenging uh yes but it's fascinating because it's watching some of the things that that were you know a line was put through them because of budget reasons or 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 the fact is it wasn't culturally fixed to now coming back as being an important part of, you know, the growth cycle of individual people. And remember, individual people are people assets. It's it's, it's people capital. It's your business. It's your ability to grow. And you're only going to grow with the right people, with the
0: right skills, with the right competencies to support you around being around you. Agreed. And that even goes back to, listen, if you're a uh, employer and you're giving reviews out, okay, um, again, working for a lot of different companies and consulting for a lot of different companies, everybody bases your review on getting a bonus, right? They're like, okay, if you do a good review, you're going to get a bonus. Stop thinking that. Get that out of your mind as an employer. Your review is supposed to be to help your employee with a lot of the tips that Jeff just talked about. EQ, right, EI, all these different things, communication, transparency. So when you're doing these reviews, yes, we'd love to see, and as an employer, I've been an employer, um, I've given people bonuses, so I've been in that world, but really the employees, your employees wanna know that they're doing a good job and money always isn't a factor for everyone to let them know they're doing a good job. And then if they don't get money, they think they're doing a bad job. So when you're reviewing and training these employees, know that you want to build them up as the best possible person they can be within your organization, knowing that they will be loyal to you, your organization, and that the organization is loyal to them.
1: 100%. And look, whilst this period is, um, is, is really uncertain on a daily basis, I think there's some great tips here, but I also want to, re- don't, I want to remind you folks uh, listening here today that the futurists and the list, you know, when you listen to uh, CNN or you listen to, you know, CNBC or Fox and they talk about futurists, let me let me just remind you of a couple of things. 1936, a rocket will never be able to leave the earth's atmosphere. That was the New York times in 1936, right? Um, we talked about George Orwell's 1984 telescreens, which without a shadow of a doubt today's CCTV agreed. But there was also in the 1981 novel, there was a virus called Wuhan 400. Well, interesting, huh? Interesting. So all I'm to say is the future is in your hands and the future is what you make it, irrespective of the circumstances. Um, uh, You know, we've got to wait and see and we've got to see how COVID-19 is going to pan out. But one thing's for sure, it's changing and it's changing fast. You know, there, there was a very successful uh, Bulgarian writer who wrote on the subject of change. And she said, um, her name was Maris Popova. And she said, on the pre of any great change, we can see with terrifying clarity the familiar firm footing we stand to lose. But we fill the abyss of the unfamiliar before us with dread at the potential loss rather than jubilation over the potential gain of gladness, and gratifications. We fail to envisage because we haven't yet experienced them. Well, I say let's experience them.
0: I agree with you. Hey, you know, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on the show today. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love the five tips of what you had to offer. So, hey, until next time, my friend, all the way from the U.S. to London, we appreciate and always love having you.
1: Patrick, love being here with you. Love the conversation. Can't wait to get back. So uh, everyone listening here in the U.S., I wish you a happy, safe week. And do take those tips. And uh, if you need to speak to me directly, um, you know where to, to find me.
0: Yeah, Jeff, real quick, just because I didn't, could you give them uh, your your information of where can we find you and uh, yeah, where can we I, find your book? Absolutely. So um, I think the easiest thing for this uh
1: podcast shows, go to purposeful, uh, uh You'll find all my contact details. You can contact me directly from that website. Alternatively, freedomafterthesharks.com. And my book is readily available on amazon.com, uh, Barnes and Noble, and, and all the regular sites. Uh, and again, the book is called purposeful discussions but if you feel that you'd like to speak to me direct please please don't hesitate to contact me i do respond to all my emails
0: awesome jeff well thanks and we appreciate you coming in today thank you patrick have a great day you've been listening to the produce industry podcast with patrick kelly be sure to subscribe on itunes or anchor to get new fresh weekly episodes For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.